But I want to go back to it this morning. And uh, it's just where the Lord's had my heart the last couple of days. I've got two or three other things I could have preached on. Uh, but this is what the Lord would have for us this morning, and I believe that. Acts chapter number 27. And uh, let's look down, if we could, this morning. Let's look down in verse number 9. Acts chapter number 27. And verse number 9. If you love your Bible, say amen. amen. Uh, I'm glad that we know the truth. The infallible, inerrant, uh, inspired Word of God. And I'm glad to hold it in my hand. It's not just a version. Can I get a witness? Amen. Well, y'all didn't act real enthused about that. It's not just a version. Uh, there's a lot of perversions, but this is not a version. This is the Word of God. And uh, I stand on that. And let me say this this morning. I'm glad when you get in the book, it will get in you. Amen? Amen. And I praise the Lord for that. Acts chapter number 27. Let's look in verse number 9 this morning if we could. Acts chapter 27, verse number 9. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible said, Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lighting of the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Let's read verse number 10 one more time. The Bible said, and, and Paul said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only the lighting and ship, but also of our lives. I've preached from this text a bunch, and I know you've heard a lot of preaching from it. Uh, but this is the way the Lord's led us the last couple of weeks uh, out of Acts chapter number 27. I want to preach this morning out of verse number 10 on a, a simple thought, but I believe it's helping our church. And I want to preach to you this morning on this thought, how to hurt your church. How to hurt your church. Would you pray with me this morning? And pray for me, please. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you one more time, God. And we ask you, Lord, to please come by. God, we ask you, Lord, to touch us this morning, to give us power and unction, uh, Lord, from on high. God, I cannot preach without you this morning. So, God, I'm asking you one more time, Lord, to please come by my way. God, that you'd use me, Lord, not that I would receive any accolades or glory, but, God, that you would be seen, heard, and felt in this service. May the Word of God go forth in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost of God. Do a work in people's hearts as only you can, Lord. Draw those who are lost unto salvation. Bring prodigals home. Exhort and help the saints. We'll thank you for what you do. God, please, Lord, help our church this morning. In Jesus' name I do ask and I do pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen and Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to go back to this chapter and this text and preach it maybe a little different light, a little different perspective as uh, most men would preach or maybe that you've heard. But I, I, I began to read this several weeks ago and the Lord began to deal with my heart out of verse number 10 when the preacher, the Apostle Paul, talks to these prisoners and he says this. He said, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with her 
and much damage. I'd never really seen it this way, Sister Geneva, but the Lord began to show me some things. And I began to see this as a type and a picture of the New Testament local church. Here we got a preacher on the scene and he's telling them what the Lord has told him to say. Uh, he's told them, God told them, Paul, it's not time to sell. It's not a good time to go. Uh, you need to stay put. And so Paul preaches the message, but how many of y'all know, uh, just like in these last Laodicean hours, that people do what they want to do. Uh, I learned early on in the ministry, I can preach until the cows come home but at the end of the day you've got to do something with what is preached to you can I say this this morning I really believe that what the Bible says it means and what it means it says to whom much is given much is required do you know that all men are without excuse God's left us the preached word of God the living word of God has left us his will and his word and my friend and God still in these days and in these hours will call a man to preach listen to me now what thus saith the word of God can I get an amen right here we've got enough opinion preaching going on uh, we've got enough personal standard convictions uh, you name it going on it does not matter what I do or what I say or what I think uh, but my friend I have been called Paul told Timothy to preach the word uh, to be in season and out of season and to reprove and rebuke and exhort with all long suffering uh, and doctrine may I say this morning the word of God will still do the job amen uh, Paul's not giving them a, a, a matter of opinion but Paul is preaching if you will he's telling these people he's proclaiming to these prisoners and to the, uh, the owner and those who are over the ship it's not time to sail uh, but nevertheless what did the Bible say uh, nevertheless verse 11 the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul now here's what we know we know the end of the story don't we uh, Paul told him if we go not only is it going to bring forth hurt and much damage to the ship and to the lighting of the ship but it's also going to put our lives in jeopardy. It's going to bring hurt and damage to our lives. Can I say this morning when I read that the Holy Ghost revealed to me that's exactly what's going on in today's society. Uh, my friend here they go. Uh, let's look at the ship if we could as a type and a picture of the church and Paul being their preacher and these prisoners it's a pretty good fit that the prisoners the rebels were the members of the church. Can I get an amen this morning? I mean, dear God, it had to be a Baptist church that he was pastoring in right here. They're all rebels and lawbreakers. But nevertheless, Paul said, look here, here's what God said. Well, they do what most people do. They did what they wanted. And the end of the story goes like this. Sure enough, big Eurachlodon reared her head and the wind began to blow and the rain began to fall and the floods came over the sides of the ship. Next thing you know, that sucker is busted into a million pieces and they're all floating in 
on broken boards and planks of the ship. Now I've said it uh, over and over, but I want to reiterate what I've been telling y'all. I don't want to make it into the harbors of heaven on a busted up plank when God's give us the ability uh, to go in together in the ship. I'm telling you, I still believe uh, that God has made a way that say, oh, preaching like what you do, preacher, that's outdated. You know, uh, people don't want red faced and people don't want sweating and spitting and people don't people don't like to be hollered at. You know what's always amazed me? I've had people get upset and say, you just seem so hostile. You're just, you know, so aggressive. But they'll drop their kids off at the football field or down at the ball court or down at the soccer fields uh, and them coaches will treat them like dogs and uh, cuss them out and holler at them and they'll say, well, it's building character and it's good discipline. Uh, but somebody ought to thank God uh, uh, that you've got a place you can come uh, uh, where we've not traded in the King James Bible. We've not settled for uh, tickling symbols and we've not conformed to uh, teachers and we've not, we've not laid down the baton in the race uh, and quit I'm telling you, I could give a rip less what the world says. Uh, this is the way God's always made it to be. Uh, my friend, preaching ought to mean something. If a preacher ain't passionate about what he's preaching, he ain't preaching. I understand not every service is uh, like this. I understand not every sermon's like this. But you ought to thank God that you've got a church you can come to where God is speaking through His Word. Word and through the preacher. Don't trade this in. I, I was talking to our brother, the, the visiting family with us this morning. We was talking and they're, they're, they're potentially maybe looking on moving to London. And I said, look here, brother. And I know every pastor thinks, you know, they got the best church, but we do. Right. Right. Hey, but no apologies there. I told him, I said, there's good people. Good people around here are a dime a dozen. There's some good folks around here. I, and I think there's even some, some pretty good churches, but they're not like this one. Now I'm going to say something right here. God didn't want them to all be the same, number one. But I'm talking about doctrinally. I'm talking about, listen, I, I, don't take it for granted what you've got in this church. I travel quite a bit. I get to preach quite a bit. I go a lot of places. And it ain't like this everywhere. I get to go to a lot of churches that's got a lot more people than we got. But I'm telling y'all the truth. I wouldn't trade all 450 of them for one for 10 minutes on Sunday morning here. And I mean that because listen, we could have all, and I'm not against having things. If God wants to give us more things, that's His business. But I'm going to tell you something. We can't trade Him in for things. And we can't trade the presence off for things. And we can't trade the power off for things. And we can't have, we can't hang our hearts up in the willows. We've got to Go on to the last buzzer, to the last horn rings, uh, and the trumpet gonna sound, and those are dead or us first. Uh, then we which are alive and remain shall be called up to meet them in the air. We can't trade it in. We got a good church. But if you're not careful, looking at this text, you can do some things to bring forth hurt and much damage. Now listen, I don't, we're going to stand before God and I know, I know our sins have been taken care of but the Bible said our works will be tried by fire. 
whether it be gold, silver, precious stone, or whether it be wood, hay, and stubble. In other words, what you do for God's either going to burn up or it's going to make it. You know, you can do the right thing with the wrong motive and it's vanity. Amen. I mean, just being here, I'm glad you're here, but just being here can be vain. God is looking for some. Listen, I've never watched a race. I've never watched a football game, a, a race, or anything else that in the last few moments of the game or the race, everybody let up. I, I've never seen a second place driver on the final lap when the checkered flag is waving just let out of it. You know what you do when you're nearing the end of something? You give it all you got. I mean, you put the pedal to the metal, you push harder than you've ever. Push. You endure cuts and scrapes and bruises and pain and agony. You push through because we're fixing to cross over the finish line. I don't want this ship, if you will, to bust up and us to splinter apart. I want to go in in one piece this morning. There's some things that Paul has laid out here that they were to do unless they were okay with bringing forth hurt and much damage. How will you hurt your church? Now listen to me. We talked a little bit Wednesday night. We didn't get very far Wednesday night, but I made a few statements and, this, and I didn't get past them, but I'm going to make them again this morning. Had they just listened to the preacher, things would have been different. If they listened to what God said through the preacher, can I get a witness? Things will turn out Number one, I want to say this just, just by way of review. They left when they should have stayed. Y'all with me? I said they left when they should have stayed. Do I got anybody in the room this morning that has been tempted to leave when you should stay? Amen. You say, who's that crying baby? That's mine. Hallelujah. They left when they should have stayed. Can I say this morning, if you're not careful, you will bring hurt to your church by leaving when you should have stayed. I've told people, I've been accused of everything in the world. I've been accused of these brain, he's trying to brainwash us. But I'm giving you King James Bible and I tell you, when you walk out of the will of God for your life, you're fixing to experience some hurt and much damage. Hey, Jonah did nothing but go down. That's all you're going. When God tells you and commands you or puts you or places you, it don't matter if you like it. It don't matter if the sun's shining or if it's been dark where there were no sun nor moon nor stars for many days. Listen, you can't bail out if you're supposed to stay. They left when they should have stayed. And then I said this, they lost what they should have kept. They had a light in the ship. They started throwing over precious cargo. Listen to me, if you're not careful, if you leave when you ought to stay, you're going to lose some things you ought to keep. Let me ask you, sir, is it worth losing your family to the world? You, you, you think this is always going to be easy because I'm here to tell you something. And there ain't a lot of preachers that preach this because it runs people off or discourages them. But listen, the prosperity gospel is false. The blessing in the Old Testament was prosperity. 
When God was blessing in the Old Testament, they had houses and land and cattle and riches. But the blessing in the New Testament, it's not prosperity. It is the sufferings of Christ. I just don't know if I'm doing anything right. Seems like everything in the world's going wrong. Everybody's against me, and I mean, I can't get out of the hole. I'm just, I mean, going. Hey, good news, you're probably doing something right. It's not easy, but how many of y'all say amen right here? It is worth it. It's worth it. Yes, sir. That awesome thing, sir, ma'am, if you're not careful, you will lose some precious cargo along the way. Yeah. Not only did they leave and they should have stayed, they lost what they should have kept, but they had to learn what they could have listened to. Yeah. You know, God gives you a preacher for more than just somebody to entertain you on Sundays and Wednesdays. Do you know God knows what you need and He'll tell me what you need? And I know that don't make no sense to you and it don't me either half the time. I can't believe I'm up here most time, but listen to me. God knows what you need when you need it. You can listen or you can learn. What do you mean? Well, how many of y'all was told growing up? Now listen, if you don't stop doing that, you're going to get hurt. What would you do? You pushed it again. You touched it again. Son, if you don't quit grinding your bike down that hill so fast, you're going to get hurt. You could have listened and put the brakes on, but you didn't want to. And so because you didn't listen, you know what you did? You learned. I'll never forget. I, I don't know that I was told not to, but I'll never forget as a boy going too fast and hitting the wrong brake. I remember when I felt like a full-grown man when I got a bike that had handle brakes. I mean, I thought I was fixing to take on sponsorship for Fox Racing, and I, and I hit the wrong one. And there I went over the handlebars and busted my mouth on the blacktop. Just this past year. Just this past year, I'm 30 years old, got a wife, four kids, been pastoring eight and a half years. I mean, I feel like, you know, all the lessons are pretty much over. All the times that my dad said, I tried to tell you, I thought all them were gone. We're deer hunting this past fall. Me and my dad, and he, by the grace of God, killed a deer. It was a miracle that he even killed the thing. And, uh, of course, you know, my boy's fixing to get broke in right here in the next probably couple of years. I ain't got no more deer. I've got a deer for me, him, his buddies, his friends, his first cousins, his grandma's aunt's brother since I've been about 10 years old. I'm sick of gutting deers. But guess what? Till my boy grows up can do it, he don't gut his deers. He wants me to still gut his deers. That's all right. I tried getting that deer cut open, and man, my knife was dull. So I fixed that. I went and got my little kit, opened it up. It's in the bed of my truck right now. It's got a little handheld thing you hold, and you you stick the knife in there, and you just you know you pull it through. I went do it. He said, "Hey, this this has been this past October." My dad right there. He said, "Hey, you gonna cut your, your finger off?" I said, "I have been doing this since I have been ten years old." He said, you need one of them, what are they called? Kevlar gloves. I said, what is that? He said, you need some because you fix to cut your finger off. I said, Dad, I know when I'm poop. And right there's the scar. And when I looked, all I seen was bone and blood. 
without hesitation. Told you. I said, you, I'm sitting there holding it, blows is gone. Are the reason I cut my face and I said, I done seen it coming. I tried to tell you. Hey, you know what I learned? I ain't got her all figured out yet. You know why God give me a daddy to tell me, hey, stupid, you fix it, cut your finger off. You know what God's still trying to tell us? Hey, hold on. Don't go there. Go there. Don't do that. Do that. You better stop that. You better start that. Are you with me? We've still got a heavenly father that cares and he speaks to us through his word and the preachers that preach his word. And if you're not careful, you will neglect to listen. And when you won't listen, you will learn. You know what I've got now? I've got two pairs of them stupid gloves. I promise you, the knife ain't getting sharpened no more without one of them going on. Why? Because I had to learn. And still, that thing still bothers me. For certain days, it just aches and hurts. I had to learn some. How many of y'all still bearing scars? How many of y'all still got some pains you're having to put up with? How many of y'all know it takes a whole lot longer to reap than it does to sow? You you plant you a roll of corn in maybe an hour. You till the ground, fertilize it, debug it, deweed it. You can do all that, throw you a seed in a matter of one evening, but you ain't getting a stock of corn and ears of corn in one evening. It takes longer to reap. Now notice this, and you always reap more than you sow. You can drop your one or two seeds of corn and get 10 or 15 ears of corn. Oh, yes. And so if you're not careful, you won't listen. You'll bring not only hurt to you, but here's the sad part. You'll hurt your church. You know, we've been through some things that's hurt us in the last year or two, haven't we? There's people here this morning, because you are not willing to get in, and to get right, can I tell you something as kind and humble as I know how? You are hurting this church. I'm not telling you to leave. I'm just telling you we're hurting. We want you to. We want you. Listen, I desire to be in fellowship with you, but more than I desire to be able to fellowship with you, I want to know you're in fellowship with Him. And when the body has one or two members that's out of place, listen, it will hurt the church. They learned what they should have listened to. If you're not careful, you hurt you, your family, your friends, even your foes, but most importantly, you hurt the Lord and His church. I'm going to move on this morning as quick as I can. We've, we've been preaching on this, and so I want to. I just want to remind you what we said. First of all, we said if you're not careful, uh, you'll hurt your church, number one, when you fail in your going. I've done, I've done told you they messed up in their going. They should have stayed and they left. But you know, sometimes you're supposed to go and you stay. Well, well, I got two of you that agree with that. You know what Sunday is? It's the Lord's Day. I'm going to say it till I get somebody to believe it. It is the Lord's Day. It ain't Lake Day. It ain't Motorcycle Day. It ain't go to the mall in Knoxville day. 
It ain't Miss Church for this, that, or the other. It's the Lord's day. You say, well, I mean, as long as everybody else is there, it don't matter. False. You hurt the church when you fail and you're going. Number one, you hurt because you forsake the assembly. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It starts like this. Verse 24 starts like this. And consider, let us consider one another. You'll know. I mean, I know he's the reason. But if you don't consider your brother or your sister, then my friend, you are failing your church. You know how important it is for you to be in your place? Don't forsake the assembly. Number two, if you, fors- if you fail and you're going, not only forsake the assembly, but you deform the anatomy. First Corinthians talks about how we're a body. We're fitly joined together. And I've made the, I've made the analogy. Some of y'all say, well, I ain't nothing but a pinky toe. I ain't important. I don't sing. I don't play. I don't teach. I don't preach. All I do is show up. Half people don't even know if I'm there or not. Not true. Because we are a body. And if you ain't nothing but a pinky toe, here's what I challenge you to do. Go home and cut it off. See how important it is. It'll affect the whole body. You deform the anatomy. Number three, you, you're saying this when you fail and you're going. You're saying this, you're willing to feed the wrong appetite. i got scripture on this, so I'm not going to re-preach it. You're feeding the wrong appetite. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You cannot walk in the Spirit and, and that you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh when you're feeding the flesh and not the Spirit. But then lastly, when you fail and you're going, what you're saying is this, you're okay with forbidding the Almighty. Matthew, he said this, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I'll be in the midst of them. You know why you ought to come to church? Because this is where He comes on Sundays. Amen. I'm telling you, look, I'm glad to see you and hear you and meet you and shake your hand. But bless God, I don't come for people. I come for Him and His presence and His power that shows up in church service. You'll fail and you're going. You'll hurt your church when you fail and you're going. But this is all new right here, starting right now. Number two, I want to say this. You are hurting your church when you fail and you're gabbing. Now this is where we've enjoyed it the last couple of services. Well, I have. But you better listen to me. These men in this ship, did not, not only did they not listen to what Paul had to say, but they didn't have nothing good to say about what Paul was saying either. I'll tell you one of the major instruments of mankind that men use and the devil will corrupt and use to hurt a church is a little member called the tongue. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter number 6, verse number 12, the Bible said a naughty person, a wicked man walketh with a froward mouth. He winketh with his eyes, he speaketh with his feet, he teacheth with his fingers, frowardness is in his heart, he deviseth mischief continually, he soweth discord. Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Listen to me. If you plan on or are currently doing anything gabbing to sow discord, calamity and destruction is coming. The Bible said in verse 16 of Proverbs 6, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination to Him. A proud look, a lying tongue. 
hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift to running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies. It's mentioned twice. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. As far as I know, there's nobody doing that. But that's just what I know. How many of y'all know he knows a lot more than I know? And one of the major instruments of the flesh and of the devil to hurt your church is right here. When you fail in your going, you're going to hurt your church. But when you fail in the area of gabbing, you will hurt your church. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 18 said, He that hideth hatred with lying lips and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. Proverbs eleven thirteen, a talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Did you know there's some things you just need to keep quiet about? Yes, sir. I'm gonna say something right here. It's gonna hurt some of y'all's feelings. But I'm trying to help you. Half the stuff you whine about, nobody else cares about. Amen. Now that was harsh. That hurt your feelings, didn't it? But it's just the truth. Listen to me, your 500 friends on Facebook that comment praying, they're not praying. You might have 1% when you make the post and ask for prayer, you might have one or two to see that and say, oh Lord, help my sister, help my brother, what they're going through. Most people that comment praying don't even pray for themselves, let alone you. Listen to me, I never understood why we are we go public before we go to him private. We're living in a generation that not only is everybody in everybody's business, but you want everybody in your business. You'll say I don't, but you'll post your business everywhere. You know what would be a crying shame is if when you get to heaven that thing you struggled with for so long, if God says all you have to do is bring it to me instead of taking it to everybody else. Can I say gabbing, not just so in discord, but in the matter of concealing, it's very important that we, listen to me, I'm trying to help a church. This is how you have a mature church. This is how you have a spiritual church. This is how you have a church that will last. You've got to learn how to shut up. You can't say everything you want to say. Bless God, I'm just going to give her, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind, yeah, and you're going to hurt your church. You know what I'm doing? I'm trying to help the church by preaching on how to hurt the church. The Bible said in Proverbs 16, 28, a forward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friend. Proverbs 20, 19, He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secret, therefore meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. Listen to me. I'm going to say something as quick as I know, as good as I know how. Mind your own business. I'm going to say that again. Mind your own business. I just don't agree with what they're doing. Let God deal with them. If it's a church matter and if it's hurting the church, I'll deal with them. Come on, somebody. I'm just walking up here flexing muscles, but there have been times I have had to intervene. And guess what? 
If you will learn to stand and be quiet and not talk and so discord, you will help your church. But if you do those things, you're going to hurt your church. James 1.26, If any man among you seem to be religious, bridle not his tongue. But deceive his own heart, this man's religion is vain. James 4.11, Speak not evil one of another, brethren. Hello? Speak not evil of one another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Let me give some examples. Well, I just don't agree with. Have you talked to him? Have we forgot what the Bible said about having problems with your brother? You know, there's been times that things have been brought up about the brethren, about people that I've had to talk about, but I can assure you this, I've never said nothing to somebody without having first talked to whoever that is. I promise you that. I have had to look most people at some point in their eye and tell them what the issue is at hand and talk about it. Go to your brother... I just don't agree with Have you talked to somebody? Romans 16, 17, 18. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them as cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned aboard them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good work, words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Well, I just don't like so and so. Well, have you went to them? I know we're not shouting this morning, but God didn't call me here to have a pep rally every service. Do you want a church or a social club? Come on, somebody. Hey, listen, I know it's hard and we don't like it all the time, but this time will get us in trouble. You hurt your church when you fail and you're gabbing. The Bible said in Matthew 18, 15, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth two or three witnesses every word will be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let, uh, be unto him, uh, let him be unto thee as a heathen and a man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatsoever soever he shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You know God has an order of operation for issues. Do you know that? Did you know it's not your responsibility to talk between you and somebody else about somebody else? You know what I've always found to be very intriguing? is most of the time when people have an issue with me, I'm the last one to find out about it. The whole thing's wrong. The Bible said if you've got an ought with me, come to me. This little gabbing thing. You, you start talking about it to everybody, next thing you know, you've drastically hurt the church. I just think that was wrong. Have you went and talked to the Lord about it? Ephesians 4.31 said, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speak and be put away from you with all malice. You will hurt your church in your gabbing. Did you know, not only... Well, you hurt the church, but did you know you, the Bible said if you sin against your brother, you sin against Christ. Right, right. I, made a, I made it a point Wednesday night to say this. You didn't purchase me. And I didn't purchase you. We are the prized possession 
of the Son of God. We were bought by His own blood. And when you hurt His blood, you are doing wrong and hurting Him. You'll hurt your church in your gabbing. Well, ain't we having a good time? I'm going to say this. We, we talked about how they had to lose some things they should have kept. And I say you'll hurt your church when you fail not only in your going and not only when you fail in your gabbing, but you'll hurt your church when you fail in your giving. Amen. For whatever reason, you can't hardly even talk about giving in this generation. And I have to talk about it a lot more than I should. You want to know why? Y'all don't give like you should. <laughs> I mean, I'm be, listen to me. I'm being flat honest. This church could do much better in the area of giving. I don't know how everybody does it, but I don't know how I do it. If you're in leadership of this church, I'm getting a record. I want to know. I don't look at everybody, but I want to know if you're in leadership that you are at least being faithful steward. And I hate to say it, but they ain't not everybody that's in leadership doing their part. I got preachers, y'all ain't gave a dime in two months. Hello, everybody. Not a red cent in July and August. And ain't none of your business. Oh, but you're wrong. Because I'm going to give an account who I let in that pulpit. Exactly right. And if they're God robbers, and I'm not, listen, I can't. Oh, boy, I'm hurt. You're hurting the church. Isn't it amazing how when trouble strikes, everybody runs to the church? Everybody wants to take from the church. Where are you going to come when your family gets sick? You come to church. Where you talk? Why does people wondering here handing me their electric bill? Because that's where we come when we need help. Even the world comes to the church. And the Christians that are not right with God, all of a sudden they try to get close and get right with God, get out of the church when they need something. But here's what I've come to say if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. I'm ashamed. I have to tell you that there's leaders that are not tithing. But there are. And y'all heard me harp on it and talk about it. And things are not changing. You know what that tells me? You're okay with hurting your church. Now you want everything we give you, but you don't want to give nothing. That's welfare Christianity. Right. Not sowing nothing in but wanting to milk everything you can. I'm going to amen to help somebody. Listen, and by the way, if this is hitting you and hurting you, it's because you ain't doing it right, apparently. It don't bother me to preach on giving. I need to go bother me to hear preaching on giving because I'm a giver. Amen. You're going to pat on yourself, sir, when you fold up. And you're telling everybody what your problem is. I'm talking about these men. They had to, you know why they lost some things? They failed in this area of giving. 
You know what they should have done? They should have given their time. They should have given their attention. They should have given obedience. They should have given respect. They should have given and they wouldn't have lost. Listen to me. I'm not mad. I'm, not, I'm heartbroken. That all I've watched God do for you people in this place and we got to seem like we've got to bag a dollar out of you to keep the lights on. You think I want to preach on this? No. Expect we got visitors. You think I want to preach on this with a visiting family? No. But I'd rather please him and run everybody off as I would avoid what he wants to say and him leave the building. I, I quit trying to impress people a long time ago. I'm not going to answer to you, you, or you. I'm going to stand before God one of these days. Do you know how tiring it is? You have to send out 500 messages a month. We ain't got all the missions in. We ain't got our missions in. We got, now listen, I know we're eight years old. Little, I, I, but look, we're going to ride that horse so long. Right. Paul told that church of Corinth, y'all need to be teaching, but you can't teach because you're still being taught. I need somebody to say, bless God, we're going to grow up and show up so we can go on and do something for the glory of God. Amen. God has been good, but I wonder how much more He has in store for us. Right. Amen. Get, did you know, this is going to offend somebody, did you know tithing is a baby step? Yes, sir. I mean, that, listen, that's what people, that's one of the first things they start doing when they get saved. I mean, dear God, you don't fight with the Board of Education over school supplies and lunch fees because you know my child's getting something out of it, but oh, let somebody say we're going to have to take up another offer. Yeah. That's all that man's worried about. No, I just I'm, I just want y'all to do your part so we can keep the church. Right, man. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Boy, it said this hurt, hurts. It hurts my heart. Now, I'm preaching on it. No, that hurts me. It's time to get aggravated. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, the overwhelming thing that takes over to me, it's time to get mad. It's time to get frustrated. But at the end of the thing, it's really all product that it hurts me. Because, Brother Chris, from day one I have preached what that Bible says about giving. And if somebody's still sucking on bottles, then you should be way. I'm going to say something else that's going to bother somebody. You know, a tie of a tent was under the law. I really believe a tent is a baby step. Yeah, sir. Yeah. Right. If they had to give 10% under the law, which they could not even be saved by, and we are grace givers. We are giving under grace. Paul said this, that God loves you forget. Paul said this, that we ought to give from the abundance of our heart. If, that, if that's what they were required under grace, how much more? You're hurting your church. Yeah. Folks, I shouldn't have to say, you know, we're, we got mission. We know. You know. We've redone our entire missions program to try to avoid the delays, and it ain't improved a bit. Right. Amen. 
from giving my heart. Why? Why is that? God knows my heart. He can strike me and kill me dead. If I'm saying this out of arrogance or pride, I'm just telling you. I don't know what the total was last week. I don't remember. But I know this. Last Sunday morning, the, uh, the whole offering was $800. And I gave 400 I make 800 a week. That's for me and my wife, my four kids. That ain't a lot of money. I give half of it back. And had I not, you're telling me that I can give what the whole church gave? Now listen, brother. God knows my heart. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just I'm giving you a real life example. One man gave what all y'all gave. Put together. You tell me y'all been faithful to give it. You're a liar. You're lying. Did you know? You said, well, I don't get paid every two weeks. Did you know it would not kill you? Even on the week you don't get paid, you throw a twenty dollar bill in the office plate. I know y'all don't believe that, but it would not kill you if everybody would do something. Amen, brother Josh. I'm going to have to amen myself again. It's good preacher, brother John. Listen, I'm just telling you, it's not about me. It ain't like I'm taking all your money. I'm giving what money's been given to me back. If it was about me, I wouldn't be doing that. I, it's not, I'm just looking. You're hurting the church. Sure, you're hurting the church. I mean, you, listen, I don't think the church ought to be a 911 call, but do you want somewhere to go? In a 911 situation? I mean, do you care about having a place? Do you? And I think some of you do. I mean, there's a handful in here. I mean, I don't know if you do or not. Now, I'm pleading with you, not hurting your church. You know, the Bible says this. Uh, let me say this first. When a person truly has the heart and the mind of God they're given, they won't have to be persuaded or poked or prowled or pride, yeah. pushed. Did you know the nature of God is a giving nature? I'm going to tell you, when we'll, you all will know when our church has decided to grow up, you won't hear me say nothing else about this. Did you, hey, Sister Nett, some of y'all been with me two or three years ago. I wouldn't have to say nothing. We had less people, more money. Why is that? Because the ones we had was all the way in. Yeah. That's why. Did you know people are scared to death preach on this, but it's, it's King James Bible. You ought to be a giver. I don't run from preaching on money. We got to have it. God requires it. It's His order of operation. And if we're all doing our part and we're being faithful stewards, I really don't think we'd have another, we'll never have another issue. God will honor and bless it. But you got to get on board. I can't have men who say they're God-called preachers that ain't given nothing. Sir, you'll never get my recommendation or the laying on of my hands to go pastor or preach anywhere. 
You come to me and say, well, they they want me to come, Pastor. First thing I'm doing is pulling your records. Amen. I know it ain't popular, but how in the world can I lay my hands on you and give you my word and send you out and give that church assurance that you'll be a good pastor and a good leader when you ain't even done your faithful job? I can't do it, man, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it. Now, I know that's a little hard for some people, but that's right. And I'm not preaching it mean or ugly or hateful. I just don't want you to hurt the church. Proverbs 3.27 said, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Did you know some of y'all could do more than you're doing? You're withholding. And I've said this a thousand times, whether you got two mites or two million dollars, God's looking at your heart. Your, dollar, your, your amount means nothing. It really don't. Listen, did you know somebody that ain't got nothing but they give what they can by faith and somebody that's got everything and they give 20 times what the other person did but they did it and they didn't have to have no faith and they just had... God sees the one who give by the, by, by, with faith and the right intent of their heart. That's who God's going to bless and honor. This is not a numbers game. It's a heart condition. Proverbs 19, 17. He that hath pity upon the poor lends unto the Lord, that which he hath given will he pay again. Of course, we know Malachi 3. Bring all the tithes to the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Hello. Why do we bring tithes to the storehouse? You want something to eat or not? Y'all go to Walmart and just load up your buggy and walk out? It costs you something to eat. <laughs> Amen, Brother Josh. Good preaching. We love it this much. Great. But it's true. Acts or 2 Corinthians 9 says this, verse 6. But this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Notice this every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I'm about done. Some of y'all can't wait. Acts 20 35 said, I've showed you all things that. How that uh, so laboring you ought to support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive listen you know what a giver shows it shows they are walking in the spirit of God because that's what God is he's not a taker he's a giver God is a giver he gave it all for you and me the least we can do is give back to him Luke chapter 6, verse 38, the Bible said, Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall be given to your bosom. For with the same measure that meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Listen, I'm, I, again, I'm, God knows my heart, but I can't tell you the times that God has proved this in my life. I've always tried to be a giver, not just to the church, but to the people of God. The Bible says we're supposed to do good to all men, especially those household of faith. I've tried to be good to people. Trying to give to people. I mean, I have. I, when God tells me, I'll do it. I don't care if it's my most prized possession. I told Deacon the other night. I said, if God told me to get rid of this truck, boat, guns, whatever, whatever things you have, I said, I'm telling you, Deacon, I'd rather have him. 
You know why I have a few things to enjoy? Because that is my heart. Right. And as soon as my heart gets on those things and off him, they're gone. I believe Amen. that. Amen. I believe that. And I told him, I said, I'm telling you, we was just talking about the nature of God and giving. I said, God knows my heart. I, I tell you, I just, I know how it works. I've seen God prove Himself so many times. God will speak to my heart, preacher, to do something, I'll do it thinking in my flesh saying that way. You've lost your mind. And turn right around. Son, you're talking about giving, then it should be given to you. Press down, shaking together, running my eyes. So you are looking. Everything I am, everything I've got, everything my family enjoys, you know what it's a product of? I can tell you this before God. Yes. It's a product of having a giving heart. Yes. I thank God for my wife. I'm going to talk about this just for a moment. She's never one time tried to stop or hinder me from giving. Not once. I can honestly say that. There's not been one time. I told her, Amy, we've got $600 in the bank. The Lord told me I've got to get 500 of it. This is God's truth. You know what she's saying? Well, that's fine. The Lord will take care of it. Amen. That's the kind of wife you need, brother. Amen. Amen. I ain't going to sit fussing by and hold her at gunpoint to cancel her Amazon order so I can give to God. Amen. Some of y'all can't give to the church because you ain't got no money to give because he blows it all. Amen. Amen. Hey, that might sound funny, but it's the truth. Amen. I've never thanked God had to fight that woman in the area of finances. Never. She's a giver, not a taker. Amen. She don't have to have all the things. The new makeup that comes out. She's not down there in the line to get the testing done. She's content. Godliness with contentment is. I'm shooting because I thank the Lord for her. She's a good example. Some of y'all need to learn from her. Matter of fact, when she does spin, it's usually not for her. For someone else. Our kids, or for our family, or a friend, or for the church. She's all the time thinking about things. Not to take, but to give. That's, you know what that is? It's the nature of God. Yeah. I'm sorry if that bothers you. I'm bragging on my wife a little bit. I thank the Lord for it. Yeah. I've never had five. Not one time. You know what it's done? It's allowed me. She has not withheld me from serving the Lord. Not once. And you know what I don't want to be? I don't want to hold her, halt her from serving the Lord. Most of the time when we give, I don't talk to her. I got the checkbook up here. I write a check in that service. I say, uh, honey, I'll give such such a oh, I put it fifty dollars. We don't say bus and fight. Well, why didn't you tell me? I wouldn't have wrote it, but for 150, I know you've put 50 out of the road to it. And we just say, well, praise the Lord. 50 more dollars we thought. She asked her how our fight. You asked her how their babies get fed. 
You ask her how our needs are met. We got rid of, we ain't always had reliable vehicles. Somebody say amen. I've been out in that parking lot with, on blocks with transmission in the parking lot before. In, in my truck, put it in, and got the wires crossed somehow. Spent two days changing out there and still didn't work. Finally got it off. I ain't got to worry about that this morning. Got a nice truck to drive. They tell you the tow bills we paid on that Buick she had last year. Everywhere we went, when we turned it off, we had to call a record. Never could figure out what was going on with it. When I finally got it running for three days, I said, one for the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, time to go to the dealership. Somebody say We got a reliable car this morning. We're still praying about the house. God, God's going to have to do that too, but He's going to. You with me? Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get you to realize there's nothing like having a heart of giving. And when you don't give, you hurt your church. I'm almost done this morning. Y'all remember this? Matthew 19, I'm closing. Verse 16, Behold, one came and said unto him, Good Master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? He said unto him, Why cost thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth, what lack I yet? Boy, he had it all pegged, didn't he? I'm a good man. I've kept all the commandments. Lord, what do I got to do? Verse 21, Jesus said unto him, If thou will be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Notice this. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. If anybody's ever walked the line of religion, the rich young ruler did. You know what he said? Hey, I've kept the, those commandments, man. I've done that since I was a boy. If you were to look at his life, you know what you'd say? That's a good Christian. On the outside, he looked like it. But Jesus said, oh, one thing thou lackest. I forgot this. Just use for reminding me. You got great possessions, don't you? Yes, sir. Go sell them. You know the quickest way God will reveal your heart is in giving? There's a lot of people that can cover up a bad heart with a song and with a handshake and even with a sermon. Right. But sure give it hell on you. Yeah. You don't know why? Because out of the abundance, listen to me, for where your for where your heart uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I've got things, but I'd be ashamed if I spent more money on things than I'd have given to God. Let me ask you this, and I'm done. Brother Chris, go ahead and come. I wonder if God put you in a predicament to have to sell something. What would you do? You go away so awful? I'm talking about selling something to buy something. I'm talking about selling something to get something. I hope you listen this morning. God knows my heart ain't mad. I'm not angry. 
But I tell you what I want for this church. I want this church not only to be a help to one another, but anybody that walks through those back doors. I want them to know these people are not here to just get. They want to give. Not just your money. Listen to me. It goes way deeper money. you got to give your heart. Everything else follows. When God gets you, He gets your money. He gets your marriage. He gets all of it. Right. You know the problem is? God don't have, you have not given yourself totally surrendered yeah. to God. Well, let me ask you this morning. Are you hurting your church? 